0: All right, all right, good morning, good morning, and happy Veterans Day week. We are so thankful for you that have served our country, and speaking of thankfulness, something great that went on this week, and our ushers are coming down the road with Bibles, you can start turning to uh, 1 Thessalonians, um, let's see, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, if you have a Bible, or if you have your phone, or any device with you, Uh, we had a great Uh, community church unity event on Wednesday night at Foothills Church. There were over 25 churches there and all the pastors were actually signing this agreement that we were going to promote each other. We were not going to speak ill of each other but only encourage each other and stand as one unified body of Christ. Isn't that amazing? It It was so powerful. We all took communion together. God is doing something wonderful in our region, and we're so thankful to be a part. And speaking of wonderful things, this coming Friday night, if you've just been wanting more, we're going to have our encounter night. And it's going to be a a time of longer uh, worship And uh, Gino, as well as Jonathan, are going to be leading our worship time. Kendall is going to be teaching on the prophetic and helping us walk into utilizing that gift that's so important for encouraging and building up the body of Christ. It's also a time where we really pray for the power of God, especially for those in need with sicknesses. So I want to encourage you on Friday night if that's in your heart to come and be a part. It should be a great night. So we're in a new series called Reality and as I was thinking about this series I was brought back to my childhood. About one of the harder parts about uh, of my life growing up. I dealt with insomnia. From from an early age, which was really frustrating. I don't know if you've ever had sleepless nights. It's one of the more frustrating things in life where you're just staring at the ceiling and you, you know, you're like, hello, come on, go to sleep. I forgot how to go to sleep. And you, know, you want to knock yourself out. You think about all kinds of things. But the, the hard thing for me is I have a really vivid imagination. So Every scary show I had ever seen as a little kid, I just have those flashing through my mind. Unfortunately, I had seen the music video Thriller by Michael Jackson as a kid, so every bump in the night, I just knew Michael Jackson was going <laughs> to come out of, my, out of my closet, you know, and scream in his high voice, and ah! So I was freaked out, and, and the one thing that I thought could probably bring me comfort from growing up, going to church some, was these verses about what we should put our mind on. So there's one verse that says, whatever's true, noble, right, whatever's pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy, think about these things. And there's another scripture in, in Colossians 3 that talks about setting our mind on the things of above. And so I thought, if I could just fix my mind on that place where there's no more tears, no more pain, where there's no more disease or sickness or wars, if I could just set my mind on that place where everything will finally be as it should be, where all wrongs will be made right. And so I'd lay there, and I'd imagine myself just going through those splendid gates, walking right into Disney World. (laughs) Now, I know it's supposed to be heaven, right? But I I couldn't imagine heaven. You know, I think the problem is I hadn't really had any biblical teaching on heaven. Uh, The things I remembered about heaven was like this Belinda Carlisle song. Ooh, baby, do you know
1: what it's worth? You make heaven a place on earth.
0: I don't know if any of you guys remember that. or some thank you, thank you. Or some some movies about heaven. The, the, the movies were all so so different, though. You know, uh, one movie someone would die and then just be a blinding light. You know, you've already died and then you get blinded by light and then then just floating on a cloud. And so I, I you can you can only think about floating on a cloud for so long. Right? I remember I, I, another. Movie where it was totally different. It was a scientist and she built this like little spaceship that flew into another realm and it was heaven and she's on the beach and it's all these crazy colors and she meets her scientist dad and that was heaven, you know. And then I I remember another movie where it's like this little mouse and he goes through a wave and he's in heaven and then there was a movie, and it was—it freaked me out. It was like this person died, and then it, heaven was just scary. It was eerie, and I didn't want to think about that kind of heaven. You know, there's a gazillion thoughts out there about heaven, and as you study ancient civilizations, they all had different prognostications about what heaven would be like. So, the Australian Aborigines—they thought heaven was off the western horizon, this floating island. That they would go to. The the Polynesians and the Peruvians, they both thought that when you died, heaven was, you'd either go to the sun or the moon to, to live. The ancient Egyptians, you know, they'd mummify their corpses, and they actually, in these pyramids, they found maps where they thought that they should give the dead these maps to understand that future world that they were supposed to navigate in. In our own country, some of the Native American tribes, they believed heaven would be their spirits leaving their body, and the buffalo spirits leaving their body, and they'd just hunt them in a different realm. All these different thoughts on heaven, and then our world religions have tried to answer those questions that ancient civilizations had. I mean, it's interesting that all the ancient civilizations had some idea of heaven. That just shows how God has written heaven in the fabric of who we are as humans. So the different religions would try to answer them, and yet they'd have very different views. If you looked at the Islamic view of heaven, one of the main tenets is that those that are righteous will be given uh, many, many virgins to kind of meet their pleasure desires or a Buddhist view of heaven is that it's just a temporal place. It doesn't last for eternity. That actual the ultimate state to get to is nirvana, which is really an emptying of oneself to nothingness and leaving all the pains of the world behind. And then the Mormon view of heaven, it's, it's very different. There's three different tiers. There's the celestial state, the terrestrial state, and the telestial state. You'll go to a different heaven based on your performance on earth. So there are these different views that different religions have. And we could go on and on and on about that. Now the interesting thing is, even different people who say that they're Christians, they have different views on heaven. I was flying back on the plane and I was sitting, sitting next to a woman and uh, coming back from Seattle on Friday night and I had my iPad out and I was writing and I had a book uh, that's a great book if you want to study more on heaven, uh, called Heaven. And um, it's by a guy named Randy Alcorn. It's massive. And she looked and she said, you're reading a book on heaven. Are you writing a sermon on heaven? And I said, "Oh, this is going to be interesting. I said, I am. I said, what do you think heaven's going to be like? She goes, well, I think it's going to be between 68 degrees and 72 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> and I said, that just sounds just like San Diego. <laughs> But then my next question is, so what do you substantiate your beliefs about heaven upon? And that's really our question. Two books came out in 2012. Within six months of each other, they were incredibly popular. They were both bestsellers. One was called Heaven is for Real. It was by a man named Todd Burpo about his son's visit to heaven. Another book that came out within six months of the time was called Love Wins by a pastor named Rob Bell. And he basically was talking about his thoughts on heaven and what it would be like and who would go there. And it's interesting and actually shocking, some of the things that are said about heaven. I I wanted to show you a clip from an interview that Rob Bell did with one of our, probably foremost theologians in the United States, at least someone that a lot of people are looking to for theological advice. Let's go ahead and roll that clip.
1: What do you think happens when we die?
0: That's our theologian.
2: I think there's a ton of... Oh! "Oh." Because there's all these people that have gone before you. And some people say, well, then you meet God. I think, yeah, but I never met my grandpa on my dad's side. So actually, when I think of, like, dying, I think of, I'll get to meet Preston. Mm. That's actually what I think of first. I don't think of sort of gold and a, a throne and like a hello, Rob. Well done. You're <laughs> strange, but I like you anyway. I don't. I don't think of that. I think of like my grandpa that I never met. Mm. To be honest, mm. and like heritage and family bloodline. And All of them like, who came before you. Yeah, I somehow think of flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. I think of like. You think you're gonna see them? People I've heard about. Mm-hmm. I do. And actually. will they be in flesh and blood? Maybe at some point we're known for our essence. And whatever that looks like or feels like.
1: What do you know for
0: sure? L- let's just stop there. How do you decide what you believe about heaven? Is it what feels good to you? Now, here, here's the deal I don't want to just attack Oprah and Rob Bell here. God loves them. We want to love them. We want to pray for them. But you just decide on what feels good because if, if you do that and you start making your cases on that, you might find yourself saying things that are actually against Scripture. Like on one side, they were saying, you know, uh, we'll meet people that went before us, but on the other side, it was almost like they were laughing at God's throne. And what Scripture says, he'll say. And my concern is, as we do this series on reality, what are you basing your understanding on heaven, upon Because I want to tell you that heaven is for real. But we base our understanding on the word of God, not just what seems popular or feels good at the moment. And so today I want to equip you as the body of Christ with some facts about what heaven truly is according to to scripture, we could spend the whole year talking about heaven, it's such an expansive topic. We just are going to unpack five truths. Get ready, take some notes. This is going to give you two things, I believe. There's, there's two desires I have as we unpack the reality of heaven from a scriptural perspective. Number one, the number one reason I want to give it to you is I don't want you to fear death. I believe as you have a revelation of what heaven truly is like, you can look forward to the end of your life. And number two is that you will be so enamored and enraptured and in love with heaven that you will have a desire to take everyone you know there with you. You guys ready to jump in? Here we go. Where do we get this idea That when we die, there's something afterwards. Ecclesiastes 12.7 says this, and the dust returns to the ground it came from. Speaking of your body, your body. You've heard a a preacher, you've heard on TV, they say dust to uh, dust and ashes to ashes. Your body goes into the earth and decomposes. But listen to this next part. And the spirit returns to God who gave it. We're both a body and we're a spirit. Your body goes into the earth, your spirit goes into heaven. First Thessalonians 4 13 through 18. Brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, and so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind, who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died. And then he rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who've fallen asleep in him. Say, in him. in him. It's a very important phrase. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who've fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and with the voice of the archangel and with a trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Now, this is talking about their bodies actually rising. And then after that, we who are still alive and who are left will be caught up together with him in the clouds. That's going to be sweet. Up in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. I want to tell you, when you start understanding heaven, you're going to be deeply encouraged. And heaven is a way that we get encouraged as people on this earth. Now, I I need to tell you, point number one of today's message is this. Heaven is the place where Christ followers will go when they die. Heaven is the place where Christ followers will go when they die. This is great news. When life is hard, when things don't go as they should, when your body doesn't function as it should, you can know this is not my end destination. Heaven is where I'm going to go when I die. In fact, the scripture says this. It says, we shouldn't be discouraged like those who have no hope. I want to tell you, as you gain a revelation of heaven, it brings tremendous hope for you. That your home is in a different place. I like to tell my kids, hey, aren't you so glad we live here? But this is not our home. Our home is heaven. And we'll be there forever together. I want you to, to tell you that you have a home that's heaven. But here's some bad news. It's not for everyone. It, it, it's not for everyone. It matters in life who you know. Have you ever realized that? It really matters who you know. I was down in Brazil, and we were in this massive, massive conference, 4,000 people there. And one of the friends I went down with said, hey, man, the one thing you want to do is you want to go to the hospitality suite during the different sessions. He's like, they had this massive spread. It's a beautiful room. It's all the food you can have. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck in the long lines just waiting for a hot dog. I'm like, man, I don't like hot dogs. So... So I wanted to get to the hospitality suite. The the problem is, you know, I wasn't like a dignitary down there. But he said, hey, follow me. So we go up. We're trying to get into that hospitality suite in the sky. And we go up to the door, and boom, those guards just stop us. Sorry, where are you going? From around the corner comes our friend. And believe it or not, this bearded man, his name was J.C., JC comes, I'm serious, this isn't a lie. JC comes around the corner and says, they're with me. And they went, the, the, the guards go, oh, we're so sorry. I was like, oh yeah, I know JC. Let me in. Thank you. My question is, do you know JC? Right. <laughs> because it didn't, it didn't matter what I had done there at that conference. It mattered if I knew JC. This is what the Bible says in, in John says, I am the way. This is JC speaking. This is Jesus speaking. It wasn't Jesus, actually. By the way, his name was Jose Carlos. Um, But (laughs) Jesus, the real JC, said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. You say, oh, that's so unfair. What about all peoples? No, the Bible says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He didn't just give him for a few people. He, God is not holding out. God gave his most precious gift, his son who suffered and died on the cross to pay for our sins. He paid a debt we couldn't pay to have a gift that we could never earn. And it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever would believe in him. All you have to do is believe, cling to, trust in, rely upon Jesus. You will not perish, but have everlasting life. Well, that's so harsh. No, listen to what else the Bible says in John three seventeen. It says this, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. All you Christians are so condemning. No, that's really not our desire. Jesus didn't come in to condemn the world. It says this, But whoever, uh, where are we? But to save the world. That's good. There we go. That was an important part to find right there. Not to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is, is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they've not believed in the name of God's one and only son. It's all about knowing J.C., to get into that place of abundance. Amen. Jesus is longing for every person to know him so they can be with him forever. Point number two, heaven will be the most wonderful place you've ever been. Okay. I, 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 I shamefully remember as a child being afraid of heaven. I wonder if we went around this room, how many people would say, yeah, I've actually been afraid of, of heaven. Here's why I was afraid of heaven. Because the thought of sitting in a cloud in a white robe and singing in a choir forever. <laughs> Whew. That really freaked me out. I'm like, I'm stir crazy. I don't know if you, you can tell that just from how I preach. Like I can't even stand in the same space while I'm preaching for long. And so standing in a cloud in a white robe just that scared me forever and ever and ever and ever. No, I like to, like, go hiking. I like the outdoors. I, I like to, to do things daring. I'm a, I like to go to different places. I, you know, I, and so wh- where would I want to go? I'd want to go, like I said earlier, I'd want to go to Disney World, you know? Like, you've got Magic Kingdom there. You've got, like, Space Mountain, you know, so you're... That, that's cool. You, and then you've got the, have you, have you, I don't know if you've been to Disney World before, Disneyland. You're walking around. I mean, they're like piping in scents into the air, you know, and you, you smell it. And, and everything is perfect. I mean, you happen to drop trash. You're like people behind you going. <laughs> it's, it's impossible to see trash in Disney World. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Everything from the food. Oh, we, we got to go to Disney World a while back. We ended at Epcot Center. At the end of the night, there's this like fire show and these laser lights and I mean, everything's perfect. But then I looked around and there are unhappy people. There were unhappy people in the happiest place on earth. (laughs) I mean, there were husbands and wives bickering. There were parents fussing at their kids. There were kids that were whining I couldn't believe it. <laughs> you know, we all long for that perfect place, but I want to tell you, in our hearts is a longing for heaven. Let me, let me just read to you, heaven will actually supersede your expectations. I, I, we're just going to get a glimpse from it. Revelation 4, it says this, After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. Now, this is a revelation that the disciple John got, and so he's going to see some really cool things. He's going to be given a glimpse into heaven. The apostle Paul actually was taken into heaven, and he said, I actually desire to depart and be with Christ, which is much better. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he says that he actually went there. Wow! And he said, man, it's so much better than this place down here. So this is what John says. John says, He says, and the voice I first heard speaking to me like a trumpet, so your ears are going to be blown away. Voices aren't going to be like, hello. It's going to be a trumpet. Boop, 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 in your ear. Said, come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once, I was in the spirit. Okay, I think Space Mountain's cool. Imagine at once being in the spirit. You're like, (laughs) you're in the spirit, traveling. And once I was in the spirit, And there before me was a throne in heaven. Now, this is the reality. In the center of heaven is a throne with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby. You imagine the most magnificent jewels that your eyes have ever beheld, and the one sitting upon the throne has this kind of sheer glory emanating from him. It's not just dull human flesh. It is majestic, splendid, tickling to the eyes. A rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. When people see rainbows, they they do funny things. I remember watching a YouTube video, and this guy's like, double rainbow all the way. Uh, he was freaking out about this rainbow, a double rainbow, double rainbow. This, You're going to see the most magnificent rainbow, and it's not even going to just be translucent like an emerald circling the third, It's going to be all the way. Uh, and... and Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones. So this is like a, a, a sweet throne room with other thrones. And from the thrones, oh, whoops, there, there are 24 elders, and they were dressed in white and had crowns and gold on their head. And from the throne came flashes of lightning. Okay, I don't know about you, I love lightning storms. Now imagine you're standing before a throne and there's lightning coming at you. Wow. And peels of thunder, rumblings and peals of thunder. Have you ever been where lightning struck close to and the thunder goes and you feel it in your body like this is what heaven's gonna be like. Talk about the ultimate laser light show. You know, but but you're not just gonna see it, go, oh like oh it's a small world after no. You're gonna be like dang and then your body's gonna go as the peals, the rumblings of thunder are shooting through, and it doesn't stop there. Then the seven lamps before the throne are blazing. The fire is blazing before you, and these are the seven spirits of God, and in front of the throne, there was looked like a sea of glass. If you're a surfer, do not worry. There will be a sea in heaven, clear as crystal, the most gorgeous sea you've ever seen. In the center around the throne were four living creatures. If you're an animal lover, you're in luck. And they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. If you like eyes, you're in luck. (laughs) There are a lot of eyes in heaven. This is like better than any sci-fi movie, right? I mean, you would be like, whoa, these living, flying all around. They never stop saying, holy, holy. That means transcendent other. Holy, holy, holy. Say that with me. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. Why? Because there's a throne where the King of kings and Lord of lords is reigning. His rule is is being exerted across the universe. You're not only being tantalized in your eyes, you're not only blown away by what you hear, you're not only feeling in your body the quaking of rumblings of thunder, you're not only going, whoa, those animals that are flying around, they are bad in a good way, but you're also, you have this sense that everything is as it should be. Because the king has taken his rightful place, and he is in control, and nothing can go wrong. This is heaven. Heaven is going to be the greatest place you've ever been. That's point number two. Heaven will be the greatest place that you've ever been. It will supersede your every expectation, and this is just one little text from it. And it says, when the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever, the 24 elders fall down. If you read the book of Revelation, everyone's always falling down. John said, I fell down as though a dead man. It's so amazing, it takes your breath away. Your knees are weak. You can't even stand. It's so glorious. Wow. Number three. It'll be the most amazing gathering of humans in history. I was visiting England, I was, I was studying abroad there and, and, and we had a two pass and so we'd pop up in these different squares throughout the city of London. I remember popping up in Piccadilly Square and I, I got out, you know, I, I, I was from Central Texas and you know, I was just kind of just used to being around Texans and I, I, I pop up and all of a sudden there's this little Peruvian wood flute band over here just playing their music from the Andes mountains and then i walk over here and there's all these arabs with their head coverings and then there were all these chinese tourists in this one spot and then there was all this like this reggae rastafarian group in this other spot and then there were these hippies over here and it was like everywhere i looked there was like a different group of people coming together in one square and i just thought this is so cool but i want to tell you that heaven's going to supersede any gathering you've ever seen on earth The Bible says in Revelation 7, 9, can we put that scripture up? It says this. It says this, after this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. You know, it's not just Jesus in heaven. It's not just angels and some living creatures. It says there's a multitude. How many people are going to be in heaven? Are just a few people going to get there? No, the scripture says there's a multitude that actually no one can count. And they're from every nation, every tribe, every people and every language, I want to tell you that Jesus is coming and he's going to be bringing people from every single nation on the earth. I mean, it's starting to happen now. Countries that that people would say, man, there's no way you can reach Saudi Arabia. There's no way you can reach North Korea, Iran, Iraq. No, there's people coming to Jesus in droves from these countries. And you're going to get to heaven and you're going to get over there and, 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 and you're going to be like, oh, this is so cool, you know, that the you're gonna have these African tribes, you know, and they're you know, and they're gonna be sitting right next to the English who are gonna be like, hello, you know, and drinking their little, oh, they can't move at all, you know. Uh, hello. And, and 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 right together, you know, and then the little pygmies, they hey, 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 and the Zulus will be like, oh, you know, like, right together. Oh, isn't that so cool? <laughs> Do you think this way? This is what I think about, you know. Every kindred, nation, tribe, and tongue gathered before the throne. This, this crazy, diverse, I mean, we've got a very diverse church. Over 25 nations represented in this church, translated in numerous languages. It's going to pale in comparison to heaven. It's going to be the most beautiful kaleidoscopic mosaic of people of ethnicities the redemptive gifts the music that the, the, the taste the flares I almost said the smells the smells I don't think we will smell the people but it's gonna it's gonna be glorious I can't wait for that day fourth heaven is the place where there is no more pain no more sickness no more disease no more war The Herber kids, myself, my twin sisters, Heather and Hannah, we all almost died as children. Uh, I can't imagine, knowing what I know now as a parent, how my mom and dad dealt with it. My sister, Hannah, was the first. She had these grand mal seizures that would just rock her body and then put her in a catatonic state, and they didn't know if she'd survive them. They were so massive, and my parents just... We're brokenhearted, just feeling totally helpless. Well, just several months later, she gets on some medication and she's able to live a somewhat normal life. And so, her and my her twin sister Heather, my sister Heather, they're out in a field, and a horse comes up, and our dog's barking. And the horse kicks at the dog, hits my sister Heather, in the jaw. She does a backflip in the air. It breaks her jaw in nine places. It swells up to twice the size of her head. She goes into a coma, blood everywhere we thought we'd lose her. Well, she finally comes out of it, and still suffering today from it, but then just a little while later, I'm in a football game. I have an accident. My heart goes crazy. It's at 300 beats a minute at rest. I'm by a boy in a bubble in the ICU. They're having to do the defibrillators to clear shock me. They think they're going to lose me. At the exact same time, my grandfather goes into the same hospital as myself. My beloved grandfather that we grew up with and dies of heart failure. Well, my grandmother is dealing with so much from my sisters, from me, from my grandfather that she has a complete nervous breakdown and she ends up in a mental hospital having to have electric shock therapy. When something like that is going on in a family, you better believe that you're dreaming of a place where there's no more pain, where there's no more disease, where there's no more sickness, where there's no more tears. And I know all over this room that some of you have experienced even greater loss, more tragic atrocities than we have. There's ones in this room who you've lost loved ones. There's ones who have loved ones that have died in war that have have endured all kinds of pain from molestation to rape to abuse. And in in a time like that, some of you even today are coming with all kinds of, of despair. And God wants you to know that when you give your life to Jesus, you're headed towards a place where there is no more pain. Where the Bible says he'll wipe away every tear. There will be no more disease. The things that you've carried or your loved ones have carried in their body, they will be eradicated forever. That's good news. Listen to what scripture says. This isn't just something I'm hoping for. I'm getting it straight out of scripture. Revelation 21, 1 through five. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. This earth will pass away. If you're building your kingdom in this earth, it will pass away. We should not, as Christians, live for this earth alone. And there was no longer any sea. Verse two, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. And he, this is the Lord we're speaking of, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. The tears you've shed over the injustice in your life, over the pain in your life, over the sorrow that you've endured, God himself will come with his mighty right hand and wipe them from your eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order. (laughs) You know, in Africa, they get really excited about those things. love having our African brothers and sisters. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. And he said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. I'm so glad that was written down. <laughs> because this is what we base everything on. We base it not just on a feeling. What do I feel like is going to happen? No, we base it because Jesus revealed this and said, write this down. Yes. We're just talking about the Word of God, what the Word of God is revealing. And, it, and it's revealing this, guys, that there's going to be a new heaven. That the heaven we go to is going to be a temporary heaven. But then when Jesus has completed it all, then that new heaven, it says, will actually descend. That holy city will descend. It's going to be 12 thousand stadia, basically the square mileage of just the city will be from Canada all the way down to Mexico, and as high as it is wide. It's a big city. And then it's going to come down and meet the new earth. So so let me just dispel this misconception. You're not just going to float on a cloud. There's going to be a new earth. And so the beauty of the earth, the Bible says right now that all creation is subjected to frustration and is in bondage to decay. There will be no more decay. So the beauty, when you drove into Yosemite and you were like, dang, it's going to be even better. I like it. I I mean, this is amazing. There'll be no more pain, no more hurt, no more crying, no more disease, no more sickness. Point number five, this is it. It's where you're going to fully walk out your destiny. Oh yeah, we're being perfected. We're being made into the image of Christ here on this earth. But as long as we live in this world, it's a fallen world that we're reclaiming through the power of God's kingdom. But on that day, no, you'll step into your full destiny. Let me just read this scripture from the end of the Bible, Revelation 22, 1 through 5. I wish we had time to unpack every scripture on heaven, but it would take a year. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of that city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations, the brokenness of the nations, the genocide, the famine, the plagues. They will be healed by the Lord himself. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. Yeah, you're going to worship, but it's not just going to be singing and plucking your little harp. No, you're going to be serving God the Lord. You're going to be using your imagination. You're going to be making decisions. You're going to have responsibilities. Listen to this. They will see his face, the one that you've longed to see, but there's been a veil between us. You are going to see him face to face, men and women. Uh, Imagine the moment where you feel love in its most pure, unadulterated most wholesome feeling that you've ever experienced. Imagine that kind of acceptance. Imagine the best hug you've ever had. (laughs) Now, amplify that times 10 billion, right? Seeing Jesus face to face. His name will be on their foreheads. (laughs) That's why I'm glad i got a bigger forehead than you guys. And uh, (laughs) there will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light. Imagine not needing the sun because God's glory is more brilliant. Astounding. And they, listen to this. I mean, if, if this hasn't all blown your mind, no, this will absolutely get you. And they will reign forever and ever. Who? Who is they? They is you. You are destined for the throne. Now you're not going to be God. He is going to be God. He's going to be King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But you will be His little kids, and it's saying you're going to reign with Him. I think we need to start asking our kids. You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I want to be this. You're like, no, you want to be a universal ruler. <laughs> you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, I want to be a, a global authority. You know that? Well, th- this is your destiny. To see Jesus face to face and to rule and reign with him in his kingdom forever. This is good news. And when you start grasping where you're heading, and when you start grasping your true home, it just makes the way you live and then the way you die so much sweeter let me just read to you this final story that a friend shared with me this past week from another church and something that happened to to one of the people on his staff and and he read this and I just thought I've got to share it with you because I think it just shows you our heart's response to heaven. Listen to this. Let's finish with this. It says this. At 1 p.m. this afternoon, our entire family circled dad's bed to honor our husband, dad, father-in-law, and Papa. Over the past 48 hours, he had stopped responding to nearly all interactions. We doubted he'd even comprehend what was happening, but we had to try. Two longtime friends, then it says their names, led us. He shared the story of Jesus washing the disciples' feet, because many of you know Dad spent a lifetime washing feet. And then we read Psalm 112, words that perfectly describe this man who had no fears of bad news, and their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. And we shared communion, and we prayed. Holding his hand, kissing his forehead, we took turns telling him how he led us, taught us, and inspired us to love God and others without restraint. And to run the race with passion to the very end. And here and there, he'd squeeze a hand, or speak a name or say, I love you. These things alone surprised us and delighted us, a miracle we all knew. But the sweetest moment came when we played a single song, Matt Redman's 10,000 Reasons. Circling his bed, we sang loud and strong through so many tears, but Dad wouldn't be outdone. He still had breath left. And so this man who had lived to worship opened his mouth and started to sing. And on that day when my strength is failing and the end draws near and my time has come, still my soul will sing your praise unending 10,000 years and then forevermore. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, and worship his holy name. Sing like never before, oh, my soul. I'll worship your holy name. And at the end, he simply said, amen. Hallelujah. We haven't heard a word from him since. He sleeps peacefully. But the echo of his voice can still be heard and will be for generations. When you have an assurance of heaven, Faith and hope will fill your life to the very end. Let's just end with this song. With faith and hopelessness sing this verse, and on that day. Like to do that, but if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you're not sure you're going to heaven when you die, I'd be remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity. So many people are saying yes to Jesus in the last service. Just close your eyes with me. If you're not 100% sure you're going to heaven when you die, you can nail that down today by putting your faith in Jesus Christ and what He did for you on the cross. If that's your desire, just pray this with me right now. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life, I turn from my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for rising from the dead. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I'll follow you forever. With every eye closed right now, I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to pray for you if that's you right now. So I just ask, just look up at me real quick if that's you. And just wave at me real quick. Awesome. Who else? Awesome. All over the room. Just hands going up. Just show me your hands real quick if I haven't seen you. Great, praise God. Lord, I pray for all these ones with their hands raised. Thank you that today they're guaranteed heaven as they ask you to be their Lord and Savior of their life, and we celebrate new life, and they'll be with us in that eternal celebration. Prayer team, come down. Come on down right now. If you just gave your life to Jesus, we'd like to put one of these books in your hand that tells you more about Jesus. Also, we had a word. If you have a fear of death, Come and get prayed for before you leave this room. I believe that God wants to break that off your life. We want to pray for you. Any other need, we'll pray for it as well physical healing, uh, any kind of breakthrough you need. If you need to, go ahead and slip out. But if you're responding to God, come on forward, be prayed for. And I'd like to meet anyone that's visiting with us. We'll be in the guest cafe.
1: So bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh.
0: Amen. If you agree with this word today, say amen. Yeah, God's putting hope in our hearts today for His kingdom and heaven is for His kingdom coming on earth today. Thanks so much for joining us at All Peoples Today. You can pick up your kids. It's an awesome day in the presence of God. Robert and the other pastors are at the Guest Cafe. If you're excited about worship, if you're excited about the kingdom, we'll see you Friday night right here at the Encounter Service. It's going to be an awesome time of seeking God together. Have a great week.